Welcome to the worst of the best podcast. You wanted the best. Well, they didn't freaking make it. So here's what you get from Canada Ryan and Jason. Welcome to another episode of the Worst of the Best podcast. I'm your host, and with me today is my brother, Jason. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you, brother? I'm doing fairly well. Fairy tales, Jason. Do you remember? Oh, we're jumping in right into it, eh? Well, I mean, what do you want to say? I mean, well, you know what I should say? We should say, hey, like us on uh, on YouTube or smash follow our that, YouTube show. Smash, smash that, that like button. Smash it, like it. Send us an email because we haven't gotten an email in a while. We got a few for a bit there, but people drop, send us an email, send us an email. Let us know what suggestions you might have for us or just let us know that we're doing okay and all that good stuff. Yeah. So we're doing fairy tales today, Jason. And fairy tales, of course, have been around forever. And I think people basically know that the fairy tales that we see today or hear today or read today are sanitized, updated versions of old. I think most people would know that, but I don't think everyone actually knows the real or the original fairy tale stories. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. And I would suspect most stories and legends and myths, they're passed down from generations to generations and generations, and they morph over time. They change over time. I mean, our own lives do that, right? We retell our fishing stories or whatever, and things change as, uh, as the years go on, the details change. So yeah. I would suspect those same stories uh, change over time as well. Uh, we know the stories. Of course, we're going to talk about them. Every fairy tale or that we bring up, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I know that story. And I would say for me personally, yeah, I admit it's the Disney-vied versions I know or just the sanitized versions from my childhood. I think I'm really excited. Well, sorry, I should say I am really excited to share with the audience and, of course, with each other the true origins some of them are pretty dark and gruesome. That's the title of this episode, Dark and Gruesome Origins to These uh, Fairy Tales. And the idea behind fairy tales back in the day was to teach children, of course, stranger danger, essentially. But what I loved about these olden times is they talk about the dangers of this or being disrespectful to your parents or whatever it might be. I love how kids died. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to these stories when they didn't they didn't pull any punches. Yeah, you know, hey, if you do this, you'll, you'll get your entrails pulled out of you. It's they, funny how we use the threat of, well, I guess in these stories, like the threat of death to stop them from behaving a particular way will scare you into compliance. Cry, I'll give you something I'll to give, cry about. I'll give you something <laughs> to cry about. Your entrails being ripped out. <laughs> For sure. All right. So these are the best fairy tales. Quite frankly, I think these are the top 10. I mean, there's many fairy tales out there. There's many stories, children's stories. So we'll get to each one. So I think each one would fall into the category of the best known. You know, so this is the best known most popular type fairy tales that we've heard over the years that Jason and I independent of each other at the end of the episode, we'll pick what we think is, I think for this one, which one do you think is maybe the most gruesome? So which one is the worst, which one is truly the worst of these best origin stories? We'll go with that right now. Yeah. We'll see which one maybe disturbs us the most. So it is the worst, but these are the best <laughs> dark and gruesome origin stories of fairy tales. Okay. The first one, Jason, the Pied Piper. Now this one, I kind of knew, a little bit about its dark history. Jay, imagine a small town infested with rats. 
And the townspeople are desperate to get rid of them. That's fair, right? So suddenly a man appears dressed in colorful clothes, and he's known as the Pied Piper. He offers to help the town get rid of the rats in exchange for a large sum of money. Makes sense, right? The town's infested with rats. We call the exterminator. <laughs> we expect that the people should pay the exterminator. I think that's a fair exchange. The townspeople agree, and the piper plays his magical pipe to lure the rats out of the town with a captivating tune. But when the piper returns to collect his payment, the townspeople refuse to pay him. In revenge, the Pied Piper decides to take something even more precious from them, their children. In most versions of the story, the Pied Piper leads the children to a cave outside of town. But in the original darker version, he leads them to a river where they all drown. Except for a lame boy who can't keep up. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to know the story of that lame boy and what he does with the rest of his life. Does he have that remorse? Yes, survivors. Everybody dies in a plane crash except for one person. They like feel guilty. That they didn't die with everybody else. I, I just love that image. The Pied Piper's playing this magical tune. All the kids are skipping out, you know. They're skipping listening to the music of the Pied Piper. You got little Timmy on his crutches. But he's still digging the music, though. He's, like, digging the music, but he can't quite. Uh, he can hear is, it. What, like, it goes fainter and fainter. Yeah, I was going to say, how, how far do they travel? <laughs> At some point, he gets out of earshot of the Pied Piper. Maybe that's how he's. Yeah, he got out of earshot. He couldn't hear it anymore. So he breaks the spell is broken from Timmy. But this Pied Piper, I love how he leads them into the river like a bunch of lemmings. That's fantastic. So in the original, I don't remember the story as well as you do. The cave. What did he do with them in the cave? Maybe putting them in the cave and then the townspeople are like, where are our children? And he says, well, give me the money. I'll give them back to you. Probably something like that. Hmm. Some modern scholars have suggested that there may be a deeper, darker meaning to the Pied Piper's actions. That There's hints of maybe a possibility of pedophilia in the story, making it a truly haunting and disturbing tale. Now, I don't want to dig too deep into that. <laughs> I want to be careful with my Google machine. I mean, sure, sure. That could be the cave story. <laughs> Who knows? A Jared from Subway was in the cave. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's the origin story there. So at least the original origin story, Pied Piper led the children to a river and drowned the kids. You know, if you ask for a service and that person provides the service, I would suggest pay for it. Honest days labor, honest days pay. So Pied Piper escalated things a little quickly. (laughs) That escalated quickly. Yeah. What do you think of the message of the tale? So that lesson is more for adults than it is for the children. But something to learn when they get older. Like this is a lesson... I don't want to have my kids drowned by some magical Pied Piper. So if I pay someone to build me a home in whatever town they lived in back in the day, you know, you better pay the uh, construction workers. I think it's a fair list. I like that one. Sure. Well, next on the list is Little Red Riding Hood. So we all know the story of Little Red Riding Hood. A girl on her way to visit her sick grandmother who was swallowed whole by a wicked wolf. But did you know the original French version of the tale by Charles Perrault was much more sinister? In this version, Red Riding Hood is well-bred young lady who is given false instructions by the wolf when she asks for directions to her grandmother's house. Ignoring the warning signs, Red Riding Hood follows the wolf's advice and ends up being devoured by the deceitful creature. No heroic woodsman, no grandmother, just a fat wolf and a dead Red Riding Hood. This chilling story holds an important lesson. You know, before we get to the lesson of, of the story, I like stories or a movie that suggests a legitimate ending to the story. Like not everything has a air quote, happy ending. Not everything works out in the favor of the lead actor or, or whatever. 
I appreciate the ending of the original story. Those who joined late, I apologize. The link I sent out, I guess, wasn't very good. So really quickly to recap, we are doing dark origin fairy tale stories. We've already covered Pied Piper, and now we're on Red Riding Hood. So Jay, you asked me, what was the question you did ask me? Told you about what uh, I Oh, oh yeah. So I was talking about how I'm thankful that this story didn't have the Hollywood finish or the mm. Polish finish where the bad guy, the wolf got its due justice little red riding hood was saved by the woodsman just in time and killed the wolf i actually appreciate that and find that type of ending more satisfying and realistic i didn't have that polished ending that so many of our hollywood movies have between the original and the one that we grew up listening to i kind of like the right well that goes for a lot of these i guess a lot of these origin stories for these original fairy tales is that the endings aren't yeah the hollywood feel-good stories this uh being red riding hood gets devoured by the wolf i kind of like that where <laughs> yeah. she's taking advice from a wolf which is i guess this indicates some creepy kind of clever a wolf but is why do you think she did i'm curious I wonder why she well she's she lost she's in the too- woods or whatever and she's asking advice like, if you're lost in the city, maybe go to a police station or a hospital to ask for directions. Don't go to the street corner. Careful who you get directions from. Is it a, The wolf is a dangerous creature. It's a cunning creature. It's It can look harmless, almost like a dog, but it's a dangerous, cunning creature. She didn't ask directions from an owl. Right. You know, If you're going to really have to talk to a stranger because you're in a bind, find something that looks gentle. <laughs> That's the lesson, I think. Don't talk to a wolf. That's the old saying, the wolf in sheep's clothing, right? So wolves are dangerous. They can be clever. They're cunning. Riding Hood asked for directions from the wolf to grandma's house, and he led her somewhere private. Yeah, I mean, the wolf killed her, but there could be other implications to the story, right? Of course, Red Riding Hood's a female, young girl. A lot, of, a lot of different things, right? Yeah. All right, good stuff. Okay, the next fairy tale is The Little Mermaid. Right away, we think of Disney. I didn't grow up listening about a Little Mermaid. Are you familiar with an original? Like, do we grow up somebody reading a story about the Little no, Mermaid? I don't think. I think when the Little Mermaid came out as a film, I think it was eighty nine, ninety. I think it was one of the first the stream of Disney films. I mean, Disney animation was at a low point. I think in the early eighties, mm-hmm. late seventy, it kind of stagnated. And I think that it was the Little Mermaid, if I remember correctly, that was kind of that rebranding or. Was it, or was it the Lion King? I can't, no, actually, I think it was Little Mermaid. Then it was Beauty and the Beast. Then it was Lion King. But there was this real resurgence of Disney animation. I think it started with Little Mermaid. Anyways, so I think when this movie came out, no, I don't think even when it came out when I was a teenager, I said, oh, they're updating. Yeah, I, I know. Story, I though, but it was a original story. So I'll, and trust me, this one's no fishtail. Oh, really? I'm, I'm intrigued, actually. Okay. We all know the Disney version where Ariel and Eric live happily ever after. But did you know that the original story by Hans Christian Andersen, so that's who wrote it, is a real doozy? We're talking love triangles, revenge plots, and even a knife-wielding mermaid. It's like a soap opera under the sea. So in the original tale, our mermaid heroine falls head over fins for a prince. But when he marries someone else, she's offered a knife to take revenge. Talk about a drama queen. So instead of taking the violent route, she decides, however, to end it all by turning into sea foam. So she committed suicide. Oh. Yeah. So thankfully, Anderson softened the blow in this updated version where the mermaid becomes a daughter of the air and gets to hang out in heaven. But still, it's not exactly the fairy tale ending we're used to. It sounds like they kind of ripped off Romeo and Juliet a little bit. So Romeo and Juliet probably would be before the the, the mermaid yeah, story. Shakespeare. How far there. back does this mermaid story go? When was Shakespeare? Was he 1700s? 
I know he's a long time ago. <laughs> was he 1930? He's before Google. <laughs> well, he was before photographs were taken. I can go back that far. Oh, boy, I'm going to guess he seems like a 1700s guy. <laughs> I was right. David in our chest is 17th century. Okay, so 1600s. Okay. Anyway, so the point being, now, when was Hans Christian Anderson writing fairy tales? I don't know. Maybe around the same time? I actually don't know. Let's just wait for somebody to Google it for us. Yeah, yeah. Somebody just Google it for us. But having said that, he probably is ripping off a Romeo and Juliet. Juliet's relationship with the dude didn't work out, and then she decides to commit suicide. Yeah, suicide is usually not done in fairy tales very often, the updated versions. Is there a lesson in this one? Like, usually there's a moral. What would be the the lesson in this? That's a good question. Red Riding Hood, of course, was strangers. The Pied Piper was, you know, pay what you ask for, you know, pay for the work given to you. That's obvious. Little Mermaid, what would the interspecies marriage? Is it bad? I don't marry your dog. Yeah, that's a good question. What would be, I guess you could say the lesson could be that people love who they love and just because they don't love you. But what's the purpose of committing suicide to end well, it's a tragic ending. That's the whole point of this gruesome episode. I think this lesson here is she you know, shouldn't have done that. And the lesson to the child will be, look, if you fall in love with somebody that you can't marry you know, or whatever, be with, don't end your life because then it's over. And that's a horrible way to be. So you can be, I don't know, like, I guess don't commit suicide, even though that's what the mermaid did. I don't know. Good question. Hmm. Okay. So Snow White is the next one here. Hey, we got an update from David. 16th century. Yeah, he died in 1616. Or, or, oh, 1616. Wow, that's, that's a long died. time ago. You know those rumors that he didn't write what he, you know, have well, you heard that? I'm sure there's ways to confound, well, you, you know, maybe there's ghost writers pretending to be Shakespeare, but they write, you know, under maybe Shakespeare's name or people conglomerate stories. They don't, sure. like, they don't know who the authors are. <laughs> Nothing's clear cut anymore. No, <laughs> even Shakespeare's not the author of his own work. <laughs> You right. got the moon landing, and then you got Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah check mean, out our moon landing things. episode, everyone. It's a great episode, <laughs> moon landing episode. Keep on plugging old episodes. Okay. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about Snow White. That it is not life. the tale that is as sweet and innocent as Disney might have you believe. You know, these Disney took on these fairy tales. They did. I didn't realize Snow White was a story that they adopted. Did you? Yes, I think so. Oh. I th- yeah, I would say yeah. Not to make you feel bad, but I did know that. No, I don't, I don't think care. Any of those? <laughs> I think a lot of these Disney films. I think the majority though wasn't until stuff like Pixar really entered the picture that they started to do kind of their own. I had you know, no idea. Like Toy Story and Monsters Inc. and all these these early animation stuff. A lot of them were just updated. Yeah, updated fairy tales for Disney-fied children's audience. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, so the original story. The Wicked Queen doesn't just want Snow White dead. She wants her insides served up for dinner. Yet she wanted liver and lungs on the menu. Fortunately, the huntsman can't bring himself to kill Snow White and brings back the heart of a boar instead. In the original story, Snow White doesn't wake up from a magical kiss like in the movie. It's the prince's horse that jostles her awake as he carries her to his castle. And honestly, we're all left wondering what the prince planned to do with the dead girl's body. So in the grim, so that's G-R-I-M-M, the yeah. grim version of the tale, the queen is forced to dance to death in red hot iron shoes. Okay. That's kind of brutal. Yeah. The prince does go to rescue her, per se, finds her sleeping, doesn't kiss her, or he does kiss her, and but it didn't work. And she... Is only awakened by the jostling of her being carried back, not through 
the kiss, the magical kiss. Is there any moral to the story? I don't know if there's one here. I don't know if all these have morals. I we're, I don't want to get too uh, down that wormhole necessarily. I mean, I don't know if every fairy tale has, but the general idea of these early fairy tales were to tell kids some sort of metaphorical lessons through grim and dark tales. What would this one be? Um, so the queen doesn't want just Snow White dead. She wants to eat her innards. Okay, cool. Huntsman can't do it. So she, you know, he brings her the heart of a boar. I kind of like that. He's like, I can't kill her. But then Snow White doesn't wake up from the kiss like in the movie. She's jostled by the horse. Fair enough. He's bringing the princess or Snow White back to the castle, maybe just to see if you know, they could wake her up there, maybe. But the queen or is... Or give her proper burial. Yeah, maybe proper. Yeah, Perry. Well, like, she's still breathing. <laughs> she's still breathing. I love how the queen is forced to dance to death. In her. So she got what was coming to her. So maybe mm-hmm. the moral here is... Karma? Karma, yeah. The queen got killed. But I love the imagery, the idea that she was forced to dance. She was wearing red hot iron. Like they put these, think about this. They put these red hot iron shoes on her feet. I love how the idea that she was dancing. Like there's, I would just be writhing in pain on the floor. I don't know if I could get up and like do a jig. <laughs> oh, you'll be forced to do that. I'm already in excruciating pain. I'm not going to get up and dance for you. Ugh. That, yeah, the idea of those shoes. I think that's the gruesome part. I think as per our title of our episode, that is a gruesome origin. The queen, though she was wicked. Well, even so. the details of wanting to eat Snow White. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oof. I think a lot of people get Snow White and Sleeping Beauty mixed up. But they are two different things. But they're very similar stories. So here's the original story, Jason, of Sleeping Beauty. It's not the sweet fairy tale that you might have heard before. So in the original version... Our princess didn't fall into a deep slumber because of a curse or some wicked spell. Instead, it was due to a prophecy. It seems like the universe had other plans for her, and she had to pay a price for it. But that's not the worst part. So you know on the classic version? A handsome prince arrives to wake her up with a true love's kiss, and they all live happily ever after? Well, in the original version, it's not quite the same thing. You see, it's not a kiss that awakens the princess. Instead, she is sexually assaulted by a king who just happens to pass by and sees her sleeping. This is actually Bill Cosby's favorite. <laughs> this is Bill Cosby's favorite fairy tale. This taught him. Actually, this taught Bill Cosby when he was a kid. Read me that story again. <laughs> so the king rapes the sleeping princess. Wow. And if that's not shocking enough, she wakes up not to find her true love standing by her side, but rather to find herself pregnant with not one, but two kids. So she gave twins? birth. No, she gave birth to kids at two different times. One of her children was sucking on her finger. The kid was sucking on her finger for nourishment. And in the process, removed the piece of flax that was keeping her in slumber. So there was a piece of flax around her finger that was holding the curse, keeping her asleep. She delivered, obviously, this is a story, not a true story, but somehow she delivered a couple kids by the king during her sleep. So she wakes up, yeah, finds out she has a couple kids. Wow. Yeah, that one's brutal. So what would be the lesson here? Don't take a drink from Cosby, number one. I think that's just a nasty story. I'm not sure if there's really any lessons in this one. Well, if you think about Sleeping Beauty, I, I would assume back when this was written, I, you know, that people drank alcohol and people might have dozed mm. off. And I would assume that people were sexually assaulted when they were there. Look, it happens today. Let's mm. just be honest. I mean, people are men and women, of course. People are sexually assaulted and make poor choices. If you're knocked out cold, blackout drunk. People have been assaulted and are yeah. continuously assaulted, I think, daily. This is a real thing, old joking aside. So I would suspect yeah, back then yeah. this also happened. So this could have been a, a cautionary tale 
specifically maybe to the ladies because men are often the ones who do the assaulting that hey don't get so drunk that you don't know what's happening to you mm. probably that's probably what it is uh, yeah, a tale no, of drunkenness yeah all right that's a a lesson to to learn through a fairy tale not through life right so Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, this particular fairy tale takes a unique turn from the usual sanitized versions of folklore, as it is the author himself who modified it to be more gruesome. Hmm. Rumpelstiltskin, the notorious character, is known for his ability to spin straw into gold. The young girl in the story is faced with the daunting task of spinning straw into gold, and Rumpelstiltskin offers to help her in exchange for her firstborn child. The girl agrees, but when the time comes to hand over her child, she cannot bear to part with it. Rumpelstiltskin then gives her a chance to guess his name, and if she does so correctly, he will release her from the agreement. The girl overhears Rumpelstiltskin singing his name by the fire and correctly guesses it, causing him to become furious and run away, never to be seen again. So that's, that's the original tale. So there you go. Nothing really crazy or bad, right? You know, that's okay. Now, a couple things from the story, though. Rumpelstiltskin, number one, why does he want to have a kid so bad? <laughs> Come on, man. You're a bachelor. Right. You got all this gold. See, I always was, knew that he was a little bit of a nefarious individual. Like, he was a little bit... But what do you want to do with the kid? Eat conniving. Or I didn't recall that he would want the girl's baby. Do we find out whose baby that actually was? Like, how was she pregnant? Oh, I'm yeah. sure in the original, yeah, this is just an overview of the fairy yeah. tale. But I, so let's just say she got married or whatever. So when she has the kid, she gives it to Rumpel. And one thing, we don't know quite what Rumpel wants to do with the kid. Probably eat it, I would suspect, or something to that effect back in these fairy tales. So I'm just <laughs> assuming he can make gold. So he could literally buy a kid on the market back then, let alone. And then I love how he's singing and his name. How many times have you ever... Sung in your life, Jason, you say your name. Uh, I am Ryan. I'm so fantastic. <laughs> My name is Ryan. Let's, he's singing his name. It's such a weird. And she's like, hey, that's his name. And how would she know that he's actually singing about? So the, the song right. that he's singing not only includes his name, but references it as if it is him. Like, so the song has his name in it with identifying that me, the singer, this song is, is my singing name. about myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, she guessed correctly. She figured it out. So this is the one that's a little bit backwards. So that was the original story, but the updated version. So the yeah. So the updated version, yeah, it does take a darker tone. <laughs> I uh, love it. Rumpelstiltskin's anger consumes him to the point where he drives his right foot so deep into the ground that he becomes stuck. In a desperate attempt to free himself, he grabs his left leg and rips himself in half, resulting in his death. The gruesome ending is a far cry from the sanitized versions of the fairy tales that we are used to, but it serves as a reminder that folklore was not always meant to be a children's story. There you go. So there's an example of maybe no real moral here for kids. It's just a standalone mini horror tale, like a Stephen King type tale. Sure. So he was just a strong guy then, right? He was able to slam his foot into the earth so hard that he got it stuck. Here's what's odd. The physics don't make sense because he's driven his leg into the ground so hard. But he also has the strength to rip himself in half, which is odd that he would rip himself in half trying to pull his leg out. Why wouldn't his ankle just disengage from his leg? Why did his body rip in half? The weakened part of the tear was his the torso and not his leg. He's also so angry that he doesn't have a child from her. You can't offer this to somebody else i wish i was his friend like dude look let's make some gold i'll show you a life that we can enjoy with gold just relax you don't want kids kids ruin everything (laughs) 
relax. Yeah, he really wanted a kid. Yeah, he did. If I can't have a kid, I'll kill myself. Yeah. All right. We all know. I mean, I don't think there's anyone here that doesn't know the story of Goldilocks and Three Bears. In this charming story, we are introduced to the sweet and innocent Goldilocks who stumbles upon the home of the Three Bears. And as she enters their abode, she indulges herself in their food, seating and bedding, finally dozing off in the little bear's bed. However, when the bears return home she f- and find her slumbering, she wakes up in a frenzy and makes a quick escape through the window. The original version of this tale, which dates back to 1837, so it's actually not as old as I thought, features two possible endings, both of which are quite gruesome. In the first variation, the bears find Goldilocks and, of course, Rumpelstiltskin they tear her apart <laughs> and they devour her. So I love this. That's legit. If a bear finds you in their home, you're, you're done. In the second, Goldilocks is portrayed as an old hag who jumps out of the window in terror, just like in the Santai's version. However, the story concludes with the revelation that the old hag either broke her neck during the fall or was apprehended for vagrancy, subsequently sent to the house of correction. She's a homeless hag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah vagrancy is, well, is vagrancy that you're homeless or, and or that you're just wandering aimlessly without a residence. Yeah, she, so she was arrested for vagrancy. The bears press charges. <laughs> hey, this old hag broke into her house. Could you take care of it? They're like, yeah, we got it, three bears. Go back to your house. Goldilocks uh, either broke her neck, went to jail, or got torn apart. The one I would like is just maybe going to jail. Because eventually you get out. I don't think vagrancy is a life sentence. Depends on how old the old hag is. Five years could be a life sentence for uh, somebody older in their years. Okay, yeah, so the story of Hansel and Gretel is a beloved classic that tells of two young siblings who get lost in the woods and come across a gingerbread house owned by a wicked witch. The children are held captive by the witch who plans to eat them. In a daring escape, the children push the witch into the oven and flee back into the home. So so in some ways, this is kind of a gruesome ending, but no one really feels pity or no, upset well, with the wicked witch being burned in the oven and, and died in the oven. Even the popular modern day sanitized version of this tale that the witch did want to eat them. So the kids were excited because the house is made out of candy. Right. Right? So they're, oh, this is amazing being here. The witch is like, yes, yes, eat everything. Yes, yes. Fill your bellies, fill your bellies. And she was preparing to eat them and preparing the kitchen to eat them. And when they realized that, that's when they shoved her into the oven and slammed it. But you're right. We don't feel bad for the witch because she was going to self-defense on the kids' part for sure. Yeah. But in the original version of the tale, it's a different name called The Lost Children. It's a great it has title. A much dark, yeah, that's a, that is a great title. Uh, has a much darker and gruesome ending. The children encounter a devil inside of a witch. The devil captures the children, but they outsmart him using their wits and trickery, leading the devil to build a sawhorse to bleed one of the children. Kids, in a surprising turn of events, slash the throat of the devil's wife while she is demonstrating how to use the sawhorse, and they make their escape. This version of the story is not for the faint of heart and highlights the darker nature of traditional fairy tales. Don't mess around with these kids. These are like the Home Alone kid. What's that kid's name again? Um, oh, yeah. Macaulay Culkin. I forget his name in the movie. These were the original Macaulay Culkins uh, from Home Alone. They weren't messing around. They Either way, they either burnt the witch alive or they slashed the devil's wife's throat. That's awesome. We're not having any of this. Took matters in their own hand and they're like. I like that one. I don't, really you, like that one. In a real life situation, you have to fight back or you're going to be consumed by whatever danger you're. Because you, people at a certain point, you can't go along with what's happening. Because you're dead either way. So you might as well try to fight and get your way out. I think I just thought the sanitized version. I thought that was the original version. It's just a dark story to begin with. The idea that they were. That's what I'm saying. Like when I was saying earlier, like it's a kind of a dark fairy tale anyways. To begin with. Cool. I've always enjoyed that one. 
Rapunzel, yeah, Rapunzel, let down your hair. All right, we all know that line. So in the Grimm version, Rapunzel and her prince faced numerous hardships before they could finally be together. Rapunzel was banished by the angry witch who threw her out into the wilderness while she was pregnant. Meanwhile, the prince was blinded after falling from the tower and into the thorny brambles. Quite the romantic tale, isn't it? But wait, there's more. The Italian version, written by Gian Battista Basile in 1600, takes an even darker turn. This version, Rapunzel was sold to an ogre as, as a baby because her mother stole some parsley from a garden. She was locked in a tower for her entire life and forced to give away her firstborn child. So, Jason, now, the original story that inspired all versions of the fairy tale. Brace yourselves. Instead of an evil witch or ogre, Rapunzel's captor was her own father. Her controlling father locked her up in a tower, leading to her eventual demise. So the next time you hear the story of Rapunzel, remember that the truth is often much darker than fiction. And while we may enjoy the whimsical version that we know and love, it's important to acknowledge the roots of the tale and the real-life struggles that inspired it. So what do you think the lesson there was? I don't know. The father locking her daughter. You could argue something metaphorically again. The father locking the child into the home. Maybe the fear of the father letting her daughter grow up out in the world. Because of that controlling behavior, she doesn't get to be herself so she ends up killing herself probably something to that effect of controlling parents who don't let yeah i was I just gonna say like you, you try to control the outcome of of your children often to the detriment of their own growth your own growth yeah i was gonna say like the stunted their ability to find out for themselves who they are what they want and allow them to grow and expand on their through their own experiences in life you got the last one jay this is uh the very popular one of course okay cinderella I had no idea that these are not Disney movies. So you thought Disney created these stories? <laughs> most of them are, are yeah. most of these uh, not. I mean, of course, like I don't know if there was ever a Rapunzel Disney movie or anything, but I remember growing up with Hansel and Gretel. Like I love. Yeah, I remember that, that story. That story. We, story we, book. Yeah, we knew that as a story. We that was never a Disney film, I don't think. But Cinderella, of course, was, and the Rapunzel. I think they did do a Disney version as an updated, hmm. like a CGI. Like it's one of those 2010s, 20, I never saw it, but yeah, she has big blonde hair and there's like adventure. It's a woman empowerment type film. I think, you know, one of those, the idea is she's not a damsel in stress. If I remember the trailers correctly, it's like the prince. I thought that was Rapunzel. That's what I said. Didn't I say Rapunzel? I was just Uh, referring to the previous story that. Oh, I think it's the uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Oh no, maybe just the, sorry. I'm, I'm. That's uh, okay. Okay, so yeah, well, let's uh, tell the story of... Yeah, so anyway, Cinderella. Uh, one of the most iconic fairy tales of all time. We all know the story. The beautiful young woman forced to live with her wicked stepmother and stepsisters who gets her chance at a better life when a prince falls in love with her after a ball. But did you know that the original tale was far from the sanitized versions we know today? In fact, the Grimm Brothers version of Cinderella is downright gruesome. So interesting, another Grimm family story uh, i'd like to know what their upbringing was like to come up with yeah. some of these uh, that may be something worth searching for what their life was like in this version the stepsisters go to extreme lengths to fit into the glass slipper including cutting off parts of their own feet <laughs> and when the prince discovers their deception it's not a happy ending for them two pigeons swoop down and peck out their eyes meanwhile cinderella gets to live in luxury at the prince's castle well, so that's a good version still for Cinderella. 
Right. That version of Cinderella isn't the oldest one. The story has roots that date all the way back to the first century, when the Greek historian Strabo wrote about a woman named Rhodopis, who was a slave in Egypt and married the king. And while the details of the story have changed over the centuries, the core elements of beautiful women overcoming adversity to win the heart of a prince have remained the same. So the next time you watch a version of Cinderella, whether it's a classic Disney movie or a more recent adaptation, remember that there's a darker side to the story and the history that stretched back thousands of years. I find that interesting. The concept of that story is as old as it is. Yeah. I do too. It is pretty gruesome. I did, just the idea of the stepsisters were so desperate to get out of their situation as well to marry this prince with the money that they chopped up their feet to fit the slipper. Did they try to put it on? Like, okay, I need to take a little bit off on the side. <laughs> did they get I could just see them kind of just like shaving a little bit. Ugh. Was, measure no, twice, measure, cut measure once. Twice. <laughs> yeah, measure twice, cut, cut once. <laughs> good job. That's a good one. You know what the message here is a modern day message that even the Grimm brothers couldn't have imagined, Jason. Not to say that women are the only ones who do this, but they're kind of the main people that do this. Plastic surgery. Stepsisters in Cinderella's original story, they were so desperate to have a life as they saw it of luxury and beauty and, and being taken care of by a man or whatever, money and riches, that they were willing to chop up their feet to fit what they needed to fit into. Women today, a lot of women, you know, whether it's fil- even filters on Instagram or TikTok or plastic surgery to conform, to fit in to what they mm. feel is a vision that men or the world needs to see them. And they're willing to chop themselves up. And I actually heard a rumor, a little celebrity gossip, if you will, that Madonna apparently regrets doing the plastic surgery on her face and she's trying to reverse it. She's trying to undo it to go back to her natural look it is really unfortunate but i did think the last time i saw her i thought it looked a little less bizarre well i think when you first have it your face does get puffy i think that's part of the problem oh yeah yeah okay so yeah they're saying that um, maybe she's unswollen Right. Let that be today's modern day fairy tale lesson to all you young ladies out there, and men, of course, or anyone, a young person out there that just be authentically are, who you are. Yeah, just be who you are. Just age, be. just age. Well, no one's looked at. Um, I hate to use Madonna's example, but it sounds like she's regretting what she did. And no one looks at Madonna and goes, "Boy, what a what a young looking woman that is." It's just a weird looking woman. <laughs> and that, <laughs> yeah, is weird looking better than old? That's. I guess well, that's up for you to decide. I, I guess. I but we as people can recognize, we can see when things aren't normal. You see like, oh, that, you know, say somebody has an eye that's kind of off to the side or whatever. We recognize just intuitively, instinctively that things aren't yeah, the way that patterns. they should be. Patterns. Yeah, patterns. And it's just part of our, so when we see somebody like a Madonna and you're just like. Hmm, that's not what we. I, I, I get what you're trying to do, but all I see is somebody trying to do something that. Right. It's right. like a bad toupee. It's like a bad I was toupee. just going to say a toupee. It's like wearing a toupee. It's like, I understand why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Right. You want to have hair. We get, we get, you want to have hair, but it looks like you're wearing a dead animal in your head. Okay. I don't see, I don't see you as somebody who doesn't have no hair. The hair. Well, I don't want to say that. I, I, I know. But the point is, I don't see that. I just, you have a nicely shaped head and you take care of yourself. So you got a good jawline, all this good stuff. What I'm getting at is if you wore toupee, I was like, oh, what are you doing? You're accentuating. The yes. Ball. Yes. Like, that's <laughs> the, yeah, you're amplifying 
what it is that you don't have. I know. That that's is a good uh, observation though, right? No, that's, that's truly a good observation about trying to fit in to a mold, fit somebody else's expectations. So you actually and, are you willing to force, push, you can't force yourself. a relationship. You can't force somebody right. to like you. You can only pretend so far and it eventually it would fall apart. They will recognize the deceit. They'll recognize you're not representing who you actually are. All right. So well, this was a, this was a fun episode, as always. Let's just do a quick recap. Pie Piper, Killing the Kids in the River, Little Red Riding Hood. She was eaten. Little Mermaid, she committed suicide. Snow White. Well, the Snow White, she wasn't the victim, but the queen, who was the, the bad person, she actually ended up being killed by dancing in red hot shoes. Sleeping Beauty, her version was she was sexually assaulted and bore two children while asleep. Rumpelstiltskin tore himself in half. Goldilocks either was eaten, torn apart, and or in jail, and or broke her neck. Hansel and Gretel, the kids were badass. They uh, killed the witch and killed the devil's wife. Rapunzel, she was just basically a prisoner, either from an ogre or her father. All the same, she was a prisoner in the tower, and her husband, Prince, was killed. And lastly, Cinderella, she ended up fine in all the versions. She ended up okay, but her stepsisters were willing to chop up their feet to fit the slipper. Okay, so those are the gruesome stuff that the kids don't hear today, or at least see in the Disney films. I'm going to go with what I think is the most worst slash deplorable <laughs> origin story. We'll probably get the same one. <laughs> well, I have to go. <laughs> Good old Bill Cosby's favorite story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. <clears throat> I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, that is a really morbid and wonder who wrote this if they were taking some sort of pleasure from it it's so sexually explicit sleeping beauty was sexually assaulted at least twice she bore two kids and the idea that the kid was so hungry for nourishment of course the kid's sucking on the finger (laughs) for nourishment that pulled off the enchantment and woke her up very odd yeah sleeping beauty yeah so sleeping beauty for me as well i mean you can't really pick another yeah deplorable scenario than that <laughs> so these were the best fairy tales in history or some of the best and we picked the worst origin stories there you go thanks for listening yeah send us an email like us on your itunes or whatever give us a review it's been a while since we've had any of those and uh, we we would do it buy our merch buy our merch yeah we don't have any merch <laughs> uh we don't have any listeners either but uh we appreciate everyone that does listen to us uh remember in front of every silver lining there's a cloud And today, it was Sleeping Beauty and her gruesome true origin story that the fairy tale was that we don't, thankfully, kids don't hear anymore. Camelgator Productions.